0: Just black talking, yeah, just black talking,
1: just black talking, just black talking, just-
0: Welcome to Just Black Talking. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Black, and I'm super excited today as we have a wonderful topic to present to you today. Before we get into our topic and I introduce our guests, I want to say happy Black History Month to everyone who's listening. This is a special time of year where we have the opportunity to share and reflect on all of the wonderful contributions that have been made to humanity and to modern civilization. Over the years by so many members of our diaspora. Speaking of members of the diaspora today, we have a special guest, Mr. Tommy Johnson, who is here to discuss with us something that I'm very excited about. I think is very innovative and it's timely here during Black History Month. Tommy Johnson, welcome to the show. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Peace, King. Ah, uh, wonderful. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And we're going to talk about something that's very, very exciting and timely. An economic recovery tool. Is that a fair description? Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, before we begin, why don't you introduce yourself and let everyone know who's speaking to them today?
1: Perfect. Perfect. Well, first, man, thank you for creating a space to engage in meaningful conversation. Uh, I want to salute you for your consistency and just creating a platform for meaningful conversation to be had. uh, So much of informing and shifting consciousness. Starts with meaningful dialogue. So salute you, bro. Um, I'm grateful for you and let's get it in.
0: All right. I appreciate that. I do. But what this is about, and I'm really excited to we've taken a little break with Just Black Talking as the end of the holidays and the new year began. And I'm really excited to kind of really kick things off this year with this topic and with you here with us. So why don't we start talking about made with black culture? Can you describe a bit about this? Sure,
1: sure. And to describe maybe black culture, I want to kind of take a step back and tell you a bit more about the journey to get here. I'm a founder and lead contributor of a nonprofit called Originals Nation, and uh, we focus on organizing Black America for economic progress. And we focus on economics because the next step in our culture's maturity, going from fighting the power to being power, requires economic expansion and wealth as a group. So our work is primarily kind of rooted in addressing the inequalities, the economic inequalities or inequities, should I say, that reinforce systemic racism. So we execute that through creating programming that raise consciousness and deploying public benefit corporations that can obtain equity in the global economy.
0: That's quite a mouthful just to begin with just what what your background is what your goals and aspirations are but if to summarize i mean we're you're focusing on economic inequities within our community how those inequities help continue and foster systemic oppression
1: suppression and racist policies is that is that a fair summary i would say a more linear and direct summary is that i'm focused on contributing to the diaspora harnessing 15 trillion of total wealth and resources the focus is 15 trillion because for the last 200 years we've approached inequity and inequality which are two different things but we've approached them both on a term on the strength of social and moral terms and we've made progress and you and I are primary benefactors of that progress but moving forward if if you don't know the score, the score won't change. And as original people, you know, we're twelve percent of the population here. So it's only right and logical and equitable that we harness at least twelve percent of the baseline total wealth and resources here in these United States of aggression, which would be fifteen trillion. So fifteen trillion. Okay. 15 trillion trillion. Fifteen trillion It's human rights, it's liberty, it's justice, it's respect on our name. But most importantly, it's a mentality, right? It's one that's not so much rooted by individualism, which is an illusion of power, because everything we see in this capitalistic orbit that we exist in is based on individualism. So, for example, we can read that, that, hey, Kanye just became a billionaire. We're like, yo, salute. Yay. We appreciate you, bro. That's a major, major, major accomplishment. But what we don't see is what that $1 billion means to the collective as far as our collective score. And I'm convinced that if you don't know the score, the score won't change. So if we can have a higher context to measure all of our activities that we're doing primarily in silos, then now we can tally that up and get us a little closer to advancing the economic interests of the diaspora. So I would just... I share that to say the focus is very linear, bro. It's 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 fifteen trillion, and to get there, okay. to get there is raising consciousness and it's and it's pulling resources in a nutshell.
0: So it sounds silly, I think, to ask, but let me try to ask in this way: you know, to ask what what brought this on? Obviously, like you said, the, the generations and generations of inequity. But was there anything that precipitated your efforts in this way at this
1: time? Yes. So my moment of inspiration, and, and I call it a MOI, it's, it's kind of like that moment where you have that clarity. Um, it's, 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 it's beyond an epiphany because after you have a moment of inspiration, everything else after it changes. So for me, my moment of inspiration was July 6th, uh, 2016. That was when the Horrific homicide of a good brother named Philando Castillo, um, another guy, another gentleman in Minnesota as well, driving in his car with his queen and his four-year-old daughter in the back gets pulled over. We know the end of that.
0: But yeah, I that say was, that. That was one of the televised uh, yes
1: murders of one of the brothers. Absolutely. And because it was Facebook Live by his queen, uh, when I saw it, it moved me in such a way. It moved me in a, in a way that the world was moved by George Floyd in 2020. But in 2016, this was my George Floyd moment. And it moved me in such a way that I felt compelled to just contribute some leadership to the cause because we all know that something must change. We just don't know what to do because everything we've tried has been short lived. However, I'm convinced that economic progress is our next concept of freedom. So, in the spirit of Looking at organizational models, right, because change comes from power and then power comes from organization. It took me on this path of research to identify legacy organizations that have been around for 100 plus years, like Red Cross, uh, like YWCA. And um, I stumbled into an organization called the Orthodox Union, and it's a Jewish organization that's been around since 1928. And what they okay. do, what they do is they issue what's called kosher certifications to food based companies. Their symbol is a O with a U in the middle of it. You've probably seen it. It probably exists on about ninety percent of the products that are in your refrigerator right now. But they in essence approach corporations and say, Hey, we wanna to test to make sure that your food meets kosher standards because we have a group of people that want to know that they can trust it if they're gonna consume it.
0: So the Orthodox Union was created back in the 20s and was a certifying organization to go out with kosher products and to put a visible mark, a symbol that uh, gives the signal to consumers that this product is officially been vetted and meets the criteria for being kosher. Yes? Yes, exactly. So now you you're painting the picture for us, but explain to me how an Orthodox Jewish union that's, you know, a hundred years old almost now, how that factored
1: into to some of your inspiration? So the intention was to find a model that effectively harnessed a group of people's economic impact on global economy, and then was able to use what was harnessed or retained to repurpose it back into areas that will protect, preserve, and perpetuate that group's existence. So so through the Orthodox Union, what I discovered was a perfect fit. The Orthodox Union charges corporations a perpetual licensing fee to certify these products. And a perpetual licensing fee nets out to be a percentage of net profits on each particular product. So since 1928, they've now certified over 2 million food-based products and in the last five years alone, they bring in $12 billion in licensing fees from these kosher certifications. The beauty is how that $12 billion is repurposed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that, that's always a typical question, particularly among skeptics, is, well, where's the money going? So in the Orthodox Union's case, the first area they repurposed that funds to was the synagogues to ensure that the ideology of Judaism can be perpetuated. The next area they fund is birthright trips to ensure that every Jewish child, when they turn 11, can go to Israel for four months and tap in with the heritage of their land. The next area funded is education. So, their own private school systems, as well as ensuring that the Jewish curriculum is embedded throughout every school system. And then the final piece funded is political lobbying to protect their interest. So, that's why when a Nick Cannon makes a statement, or anyone for that matter makes an anti-Semitic statement, normally someone's knocking on your door, and uh, two minutes later, that person is making a public apology.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a significant financial reinvestment in, in their community, brought in by
1: these certifying licensing fees, so to speak? Absolutely. Substantial, under the radar, but yet in plain sight. So when I discovered this model, I thought, man, this is the perfect, perfect, perfect model of how a group of people have been able to harness their economic impact. And I thought as original people, we need to be able to do the same thing. I see. Okay,
0: okay. So you were inspired, like many, uh, by some of the, the horrific visual images that we've seen of injustice in the country. Okay. And I think that's very relatable to people, as you mentioned, most recently, this past year in twenty twenty with George Floyd. I mean, lots of folks had to stop and take an inventory. Uh, there's something powerful about visual images. Okay. We know things are happening, but sometimes having to see it graphically really makes a big deal. So that was a that was a motivating point in life for you that really put you into action. You began searching, researching. You came across something that could serve as a bit of a model with this Orthodox
1: Union. And so where did that lead you to? So what that led me to is beginning to establish or what I call activate community. And when I say community, specifically a community that is inspired by organizing for economic progress, a community filled with melanin beings that want to demonstrate love, innovation and financial togetherness. So, in that spirit, we um, established the nonprofit called Originals Nation, which is a nonprofit that organizes Black America for Economic Progress. And the nonprofit is the vehicle to allow us to first build community. And we spent the last four years building a community that's now 2,400 people that are ultimately advocating for economic equity.
0: And this is across the country. Correct. I mean, this is exciting stuff. It's, you know, we're kind of uh, drilling down very deeply here to, to, to start. But, you know, this is a serious matter. But this is an exciting thing. You're talking about setting up a fabric, a network of people with common goals across the country. OK, and again, linearly, like you said, that goal is a, is a $15 trillion revenue stream. Right. I mean, is what is what we're talking about. Correct. So over the past four years, you've got a network of how many? 2,400? 2,300. 2,300? Yes. Okay. And so so what are some of the activities that these people are engaged in throughout the
1: communities around the country? First piece is we create programming that raise consciousness. So that consists of one monthly series (laughs) held every second Wednesday called Dialogue, which is a segment to identify solutions to overcoming systemic racism. It's a two-hour program that consists of some cultural highlights, um, a short talk or lecture followed by a collaborative dialogue that requires everyone's active participation in order to arrive at a shared truth to the particular subject matter that's being discussed for that evening. Uh, Next, we create financial literacy workshop series called No Broke Friends in which we go to local original owned businesses in a community, bring a financial literacy expert there, engage in meaningful dialogue about subject matter that's going to improve financial literacy ultimately.
0: So let me back you up for a second. No broke friends. What What is the application criteria here? I'm not sure if I meet it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> no broke friends. Yes, the idea of no broke friends is that the data shows that 83% of original people uh, don't have $1,000 in a savings account. So before we, mm-hmm. before we can start talking about some of the higher aims, um, it's important that our bases basis are covered. So the spirit of No Broke Friends is not about cancel culture or abandoning people who are in a certain place mm-hmm. or judging people. It's really about... Bring a level of financial literacy to your crew, to your squad, to your friends, to not only celebrate it together, but hold each other accountable to improving each other's individual economic position.
0: Wow. Okay. So, uh, like you said, an inclusive group, an inclusive situation. You've used a term a couple of times, original people. Can you describe what you're talking about?
1: Sure. Um, you know, words are powerful things and words like black African-American, people of color, Negro, disenfranchised, underserved. These are all words that were created by white sovereignty to confuse us all of our true identity. But when you get past all of these labels that we've tried so hard to identify ourselves with, you will arrive at the eternal truth that we are the original people, the first human being. We possess the DNA from which all humans come from the human race began with the original woman been here on the record for 6.5 million years pioneering civilizations discovering things like a, like astronomy botany and physiology while inventing things like poetry medicine and countless divination systems
0: so you're recapturing you're recapturing all, all the descendants of the diaspora here absolutely Okay. So that's what, that's what we mean when we say original people. Okay. All right. So don't let me interrupt you now. We're going through it. So some of the activities that your network are engaged in, we talked about dialogue. Um, Now you you were talking about the no broke broke friends, which is financial literacy and education. Correct. Okay. Excellent, man. So this is, these are serious people doing serious things. And uh, it sounds like trying to reach back to some of the things maybe that we've lost that sense of community that that you know it used to be a church it used to be you know regular routine meetings amongst people and it seems like some of that has has fallen out of favor and in some respect you're reinstituting that
1: absolutely you know good things happen when we get together and everything that we need our healing our solutions our innovations our next steps all come from within the circle within the community so it's important to create and hold that space consistently for us to be recharged, inspired, healed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So your network is, is doing great things in a wide area, reaching many, many people, but you're working on something and we mentioned it earlier. So made with black culture, what exactly is this concept? What are we talking about here?
1: Yes. So part of our work, with the nonprofit besides raising consciousness is to deploy social enterprises or what we call public benefit corporations. These are separate entities that are existing to help us establish equity right inside of real markets and industries. So our first uh, public benefit corporation is called Made with Black Culture. And the aim of Made with Black Culture is really to empower the world to consume black culture ethically
0: ethical consumption of culture okay now we talked about this before you mentioned individual successes right uh, you have you have some people who are very financially successful but it doesn't affect the community we also we've talked about consumerism and you can be a successful businessman or woman uh, i should say you can be a successful business person and not have the effect on your community. Right. So not only that, but when we we talk about being successful, there's still money that's lost, that's not recovered in that system. And I think that's what you're getting at is that some of these products are brought to market that have had contributions from black people that has not been compensated.
1: Is that correct? Yes. Meaning that culture is our number one commodity. And not only is our number one commodity, it's the most commercialized commodity. And the data, the culture itself, the culture itself, yes. Mm-hmm. And the data shows that the commercialization of our culture, of so-called black culture, generates fourteen trillion for the global economy year after year.
0: So, give me an example of how the culture itself, essentially, the culture's for sale, and
1: it's generating income. But, but it's not being paid out, right? The returns aren't being paid. The rights and the rewards aren't being paid back to the stakeholders of the culture. So yeah. this is what ethical commercialization is all about, ensuring that the rights and the rewards are actually returned back to the stewards of the culture. That doesn't happen today. What happens is the culture is commercialized. So let's Specifically, our image, our likeness, our labor, and our endorsement. These four core assets are pivotal pieces of Black culture that produce real economic returns.
0: And so this is a new, this is new to me, this is a new concept of trying to quantify the costs of culture. But you're saying there's data out there that's showing you how much it's worth
1: Correct. The business of culture has existed since the beginning of free enterprise. It's just that free enterprise allows for the exploitation of a group's culture without requiring acknowledgment nor economic reciprocity to the culture at large.
0: Wow! And so you're targeting this and trying to recapture this. Is that? I mean, is that what we're talking?
1: Absolutely. Is that the goal of this? The goal is to retain a share of the economic force of original people on a global mm-hmm. economy. Okay. All right. So that it then could be repurposed into areas, proven areas that will advance Black culture's condition.
0: And that's kind of that Orthodox Union reinvestment in the community, you're saying? Yes. You repurpose this unclaimed, uncompensated cultural currency, and you put it back into the culture. Walk me through this, this application, this process. So let's say we have a product, okay, or a company. Walk me through what Made with Black Culture's role is uh, kind of from
1: start to finish on that. Sure. So the first step is to acknowledge the products within that company. That's made with Black culture. So let's say Under Armour, for an example, or a sports athletic brand. Mm-hmm. This, this is an example of a company who has products that have leveraged the endorsement, the labor, likeness, and image of Black culture to exist as a business. Uh, from their very inception, yes. Yes, from their very inception. The next step is to identify. The products in their catalog that are made with the image, likeness, labor, or endorsement of Black culture. From there, once they are identified, the next step is to socially verify the original people who are part of the supply chain that contributed to utilizing their image, likeness, labor, or endorsement to creating that product. And we gather those social verifications in a form of an authenticated statement called an attestation and an attestation. So this
0: is, this is people throughout the development of products in anywhere you you mentioned, uh, likeness, image, labor. Uh, so really every stage of development, these people who may have contributed now they're giving, they're verifying, they're self-verifying, they're attesting that, yes, this is my contribution. Correct. Exactly. Uh
1: That's it. Okay. And that's how we verify, because it's so important. So much of systemic racism is about original people being unseen or invisible. And there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to bring bring transparency to the supply chain. And I think what the world will discover is how influential and how present Black culture is in creating so many of the everyday lifestyle products that the world consumes. So we are visualizing that and gathering that information through social verifications. And then once we have the social verifications, then we can issue the certificate for Made with Black Culture. And that certificate will come with usage guidelines on how to leverage the trading mark for Made with Black Culture to denote that this product is a verified product made with Black Culture. And then secondly, the financial terms, which is a commitment to rerouting 1% of the net profits from the sales of those particular products back into an endowment that will fuel and fund public service initiatives to improve Black culture's overall condition.
0: Wow. Okay. So you've identified, I guess, companies first, Mm -hmm. then products, you've identified which products of their, you know millions or thousands of 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 items meet the criteria Mm -hmm. and then of those products, not of the entire company sales, but of the sales of those products, you're looking at 1% of the of the sales. Exactly. So so you're gathering this this 1%.
1: Who are the stewards of this 1%? Where does that money go? That 1% is converted into a nonprofit endowment. And that endowment is governed by Legacy nonprofit organizations, coupled with newer nonprofit organizations, to bring a level of public trust and to ensure that the endowment lives for generations upon generations.
0: Who, who are some of these legacy uh, foundations? NAACP. Excellent. That's one of my one of my personal favorites. You know, they've they've kind of, uh, I guess, from almost a marketing standpoint, they've they've fallen out of common conversation but their work still continues and it's still so impactful and meaningful you know to this day you know almost monthly you see some breaking news if if you're looking for it that's coming from their efforts so organizations like that are, are wonderful yes um, and and great great to know that that's part of the partnership
1: what about newer organizations the newer organizations are the newer nonprofits that are very progressive and forward And there's one particular one that comes to mind called SEAM. They're headquartered in the Inland Empire of California, and they have a very, very sound grasp on cooperative economics and bringing parity uh, to the entire supply chain and for the community to create opportunities. So they are a perfect example of a newer nonprofit that is really doing significant work in the community by the creation of a cooperative economic model.
0: So you've got some you've you're you're recovering money, you've got legitimate stewards, you know, kind of helping to manage and and disseminate this money. But what are some of the other activities and goals that you're that you're talking about, you know, to use that as that reinvestment into black communities? What are the what are the applications?
1: Yeah. So the applications or the investment will be repurposed into four core areas that are proven to advance the position of original people. The first area is well-being. So that is mental health, spiritual health, physical health services, a holistic approach uh, to healing and those service providers that offer that. The next area is heritage discovery, which is travel abroad programs to the continent first. But then to other places around the world, because the reality is original people, we exist everywhere. And it's important that our youth see how we show up in different places. Mm -hmm. The third area is business acceleration. So funding small businesses so that they can grow from small to medium to large. And then finally, fourth area is environmental, which is land development. So in a similar way that you'll see a Chinatown or a little Tokyo in various cities, uh, we will be establishing made-with-Black-culture corridors in various cities.
0: Wow, that sounds exciting.
1: Yes, and I'm super excited about it because the corridors will be mixed-use land space, incubator space, retail space, our community space, public space, but all progressive and forward-leveraging containers and efficient, eco-friendly our structures.
0: You know, we used to have spaces, and, and with different circumstances and gentrifications, a lot of the spaces that we occupied and that we frequented have been disappearing. And so, the idea of getting some of those back and, and getting them back with purpose is really it's a really exciting concept to me. Yes, man, it's, it's so many
1: opportunities to reclaim space, but it takes money. Everything takes money. All facts. Yes,
0: so we've identified companies and products. We've had attestations from the contributors. There's an agreement. Is this a annual agreement? Is this, you know, uh, with companies, is the goal to have this, um, you know, into perpetuity? Or, or how does that
1: work as far as the the 1%? Yes, it's a renewable agreement that's evaluated every two years.
0: There are companies that are interested. There's companies that have come out publicly and said, we're looking to help contribute to the community. Are these companies, are they as receptive, you know, in reality
1: uh, outside of the uh, outside of the PR releases? Well, yes, that is our targets. We are still unfolding the reality of that sentiment. What I will say, it's two things, diversity, equity and inclusion are here to stay. And corporations do want to learn how to restore equity in a sustainable way.
0: If if there's a way to harness that, if there's a way to maximize that sentiment, I, I guess is is the idea. That's what we're trying to do, and that's what we're hoping to get. So I'm I'm very excited about that. So is there another step with made uh, with black culture that would happen at that point? So you've got uh, some of the programs set up. You're talking about reclaiming space and doing heritage trips, education, kind of an extension of. Some of the other things you mentioned about, uh, like No Broke Friends, financial literacy, anything else beyond that point from uh, the standpoint of uh, Made with Black Culture?
1: I would say that outside of being a certification, Made with Black Culture is a universe. It's a platform, an e-commerce platform that will be the place, destination that centers Black culture, but most importantly ensures that that culture earns the rights and the rewards to the commercialization of our culture. And this is, in essence, what we are creating, which is purely about acknowledgement, purely about intentional economic equity, and truly about reconciliation.
0: Okay. It's curious, these things aren't
1: complex, but why has no one tried to do this before? There was a time where this was attempted, and it was attempted by Jesse Jackson and the Rainbow Push Coalition. And this was in the 90s in which Jesse Jackson approached big, big corporations through affirmative action. And his approach and his method was a bit more, I don't want to, the word bullying comes to mind, but I don't want to say bullying. I'll just say that the approach was more of a demand for affirmative action, and if you don't do it, then I'm going to tell Black culture to make noise and scream and yell at you. While that was effective, um, I think missed opportunity was to create a level of transparency around where those investments were going. So I think, okay. I think the intention was, was in a really good place. Uh, the execution just needed some improvement. So continuing off of that model, embracing other models that exist, not only just Orthodox Union, there's an organization called 1% for the Planet, and they they go to corporations requesting that corporations invest 1% of their profits to initiatives and programs that will protect the environment. Given that the Earth, the environment is our most precious asset, corporations are leveraging the resources from the environment to exist. So it's a way to perpetually exist, I mean, invest into ensuring that the environment is safe, clean, friendly. Another good example is an organization called RED, R-E-D. You may have, have seen it. Um, founded by Bono from U2 and one other person. I'm drawing a blank on their name at the moment. But they are go to corporations and create custom products that are all RED And then the proceeds from those products go towards funding HIV and AIDS programs throughout the globe. And they're able to generate an excess of $250 million annually for HIV and AIDS relief. So this model already exists. It's happening. It's just that this is the first time that it's actually been done for Black culture. Given that Black culture is the most exploited and most commercialized commodity, now we create an opportunity to stop that.
0: Product Red is with Bobby Shriver and Bono. Those are excellent, excellent aspirational uh, organizations. And, you know, look, um, Jesse Jackson, like you said, may have been well-intentioned, but the execution, uh, not quite so much. You know, he, he ran for president unsuccessfully, but then some years later, we we had Barack Obama. So let's hope that in that respect, made with black culture is the Barack Obama sure. of the Rainbow Push Coalition's
1: efforts.
0: I really do think this is interesting stuff. I know that it's, you know, it's a little bit difficult to describe something that seems new and, and different uh, in a sexy way. But. I think once we start to comprehend what it is that you're doing here, it really is, it really is exciting stuff. How are people able to benefit, for example, some of the heritage trips? Do they apply or how are they identified to be beneficiaries of some of that reinvestment?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there will be a seamless, transparent, application process that will be processing applications and communicating the expectations about when trips are happening, and not just on the, the trips, but just communicating the progress of all the developments, whether it's on the wellness, well-being side, heritage discovery, the business acceleration, or the environmental piece. Um, we, mm-hmm. There'll be a formalized process to manage all of that, and those results will be shared very transparently very transparently.
0: So, you know, another arm of, of any kind of uh, progress is political and legislative. What are some of the, the
1: goals of reaching out into those avenues? That's a very excellent question and a very important part of our long-term strategy. Um, what we're doing as far as bringing a level of awareness to inspire and empower people to consume Black culture in an ethical way It's very similar and very aligned with consumer protection advocacy or consumer protection laws. Consumer protection things like labeling on products for nutritional facts, all these things begin with advocacy groups um, feeling like this was important and then taking that to corporate America. And then after obtaining adoption in that from corporate America, then naturally policy begins to be created to make that a part of legislation. So yes, it is very much our intention to make the conscious ethical commercialization of Black culture, or should I say ethical commercialization of Black culture, be a very standardized legislative policy that will be the epitome of of truly embedding racial equity through the lens of consumerism. This is how we are addressing racial equity.
0: You haven't mentioned the rest of your team. Who's working with you on this?
1: Well, this entire product, this first ever kind model, uh, was shaped within the originals nation community, incubated within the community, shaped and formed. And our leadership team consists of some high power individuals. First, we have uh, Finney Wang, She is a fintech lawyer and blockchain advisor for the United Nations, the New York Assembly. She's co-authored three books around financial services, decentralization of banking, cryptocurrency, but she is instrumental in solidifying the value of leveraging the blockchain to socially verify culture. Uh, Next, we have uh, Megan Millis. I call her the the midwife (laughs) that is literally birthing. (laughs) everything that we create, and she is a prominent social impact strategist that has a depth of research experience and has been pivotal in creating this economically sovereign model. And then finally, a king named Nigel Porter, and Nigel is a former partner with this agency that uh, works with large brands to create initiatives and programs for Communities in a bright, equitable manner. So he's in this the space of translating corporate interests in a way that resonates with community impact and community stakeholders. So together, mm-hmm. us, us four are the primary core, and I can't forget. Forgive me, five. I'm our head of design. Her name is Janelle Gilliard. Um, she is literally the architect that creates all design, all aesthetics, all UX, all UI. Uh, she is indeed the co-creator. And then finally, our leading the marketing initiatives is Mr. Ari Hall, who's uh, just high power, creative marketing, branding, cultural architect that's brilliant at uh, translating the ethos of a thing into marketing language and into content creation. That's our team. That's our team. But this is an endeavor that has been birthed and incubated through the community. And this is what I mean by pooling resources. Um, Everything we have is within our community and it just needs to be properly established.
0: Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. You mentioned blockchain and you mentioned marketing. Tell me how those two things come together with
1: Made with Black Culture. The blockchain is important because the blockchain. authenticates, but most importantly, the blockchain inherently brings a level of trust. So we are gathering um, social verifications in the form of what's called an attestation. And it's the blockchain technology that allows us to authenticate not only the products that are being registered to be certified, but also authenticate all of the attestations from the original people who are verifying that they contributed to making the select product. So
0: in the marketplace, how will I identify made with black culture? How will I identify products associated or endorsed or certified by made with black culture?
1: What you'll notice or see or look for on the product labeling, if it's a physical product, um, if it's a digital product, Uh, You will see more of a digital icon uh, listed, but you will see the symbol for made with black culture. And the symbol is a line or underbar uh, with a circle kind of to the right with Mm specks in the circle. And the circle vibrationally is symbolic of trust and reciprocity, the two core values that are required for original people to restore equity. Trust and economic reciprocity so that's the identifier, that's the symbol, that's the label, that's how you'll know that the product or company is verified, made with black culture.
0: and then the blockchain aspect,
1: wh- wh- how does that fit in? So the blockchain is purely the platform that is running that the technology is running on, so it won't feel like anything different than you're, that you're used to experiencing when you come on a online marketplace kind of e e-commerce platform. Um, it's something that is almost invisible, uh, but it is there for the sake of authenticating all that we are registering and attesting to.
0: So Made With Black Culture, more than just a concept, when can we expect to start seeing some of this that we can reach out and touch
1: and follow along and, and, and contribute with? Sure. Great question. Um, Well, we're having our soft launch on March the 13th, 2021. That is the anniversary of Breonna Taylor. We want to transmutate that energy and usher in a new narrative to ritualize her story, her existence into something uplifting. So the soft launch will be digital storytelling. And then our official launch of the marketplace will be on May the 25th which is the anniversary of George Floyd. He is the catalyst. He is the inspiration uh, that has made this time that we're in possible. So in the spirit of honoring him, in the spirit of ritualizing him in a manner that can push and advance our culture's interest, uh, the May 25th is when we will launch officially with the marketplace filled with well-known products and retailers. That have already been certified.
0: Excellent. So, not much longer before this concept, years in the making, generations in the needing, will finally be a reality. Yes, indeed. Ache. It's exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Once products have been identified, they've been certified. Uh, we're in cooperation with the companies and and the corporations. Where will consumers, do they just go to their same stores to find uh, the products? Is there What's the process at that point? If, if I'm interested in spending my money on products that are certified in this way, where I know that part of those proceeds are coming back
1: into communities
0: of color, what's the circumstance for that?
1: You would simply go to madewithblackculture.com. And Made With Black Culture is not only a certification, but it's an online marketplace. And in, in this marketplace is filled with retailers of all ethnicities that are marketing and selling products that are made with black culture.
0: Okay. All right. So I log on and similar to Ebays and Amazons and anything else, same products, same prices, or what
1: is there upcharging on it or how does that go? Yeah. So you log on to an online e-commerce site there are no additional upcharges the price is what the normal retail price is for a particular product the only difference is with the product you're going to learn a bit more about all the original people that went into creating the product uh, so we bring okay. visibility to the supply chain
0: excellent and, and a little more interactiveness into the into the purchasing right so yeah,
1: absolutely it's interactive storytelling around products
0: Is there any of that in the world now? Is there any of that interactive?
1: um... I think, yes, in the world, you see it operating independently. So you may have, let's say, an Instagram where you'll have some images of a product. You'll have a description of a product. It's just that you probably aren't going to be able to buy the product off of Instagram. Um, However, you probably can access a link that can take you to the e-commerce location where you can, right? Whereas an Amazon is going to give you a bunch of products, but you aren't going to see any social interaction. Maybe Black culture fits in between Instagram and Amazon as a social
0: marketplace. I mean, certainly certainly in time for the new generation and for the new technology and kind of merging all these things together, I think it's really going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to how it looks, how it works, and of course, how it affects communities throughout our world. I appreciate it. I appreciate your enthusiasm. So we're going to have madewithblackculture.com, and that is the location where not only can we find out more information about uh, the activism and how to be involved, uh, how to help raise capital to get this really launched properly and in a wide Widespread banner. OK, but uh, there's also a marketplace for the products and an app. What information can I find if I uh, if I'm looking for an
1: app for made with black culture? The app is going to be the marketplace. It'll obviously be on mobile, but the marketplace is critical because the marketplace has historically been the destination where foreigners have consumed. African culture, it's always been through trade, and then at some point in the journey, unfortunately, we began we became the products that were traded. However, fast forward to today, the marketplaces where people get a chance to consume black culture, put it on their back, become where, become one with it. so we are enthused to create the first marketplace for the ethical consumption black culture in a way that ensures that black culture are earning the rights and the rewards, all that's created from the culture.
0: That's great. Well, and again, you know, here for black history month, which was originally created in large part to correct false narratives about the history of black people and the contributions of black people to identify the role that they've played in civilization And particularly in the development of this nation, I think it's very timely, if not long overdue, but it's very timely to have a forum like this, an instrument like this, that addresses that influence, that contribution of Black culture, which has never been a secret, right? It's been very much part of the catalyst of why things are popular, marketable, and consumed. So I really think that you're on to... Uh, something that's long overdue. I think everyone should be excited for it. I
1: really do. Thank you so much, King. I'm eternally grateful uh, for being seen, for seeing the vision, and most importantly, to share ongoing support and creating the space to share the information.
0: Where can people go to find out more information? They can go to madewithblackculture.com. Okay, excellent. And if they want to participate in some way? Are there, are there opportunities to be part of Originals Nation, to be part of Made with Black Culture?
1: Yes. Once you go to Made with Black Culture, uh, there'll be an opportunity to uh, get involved. So that can guide you that way.
0: And then what about financing? What about money? Is there a way to donate, contribute to, to this movement? Yes,
1: absolutely. We are currently Process of wrapping up our capital raising in the moment. So yes, there will be opportunities to get involved that way. That all can be found on the website.
0: Excellent. So Tommy Johnson with Made with Black Culture launching this spring, officially out, May twenty-fifth, twenty twenty one. We'll keep looking for it. Made with for more information. This is just black talking. Thank you for joining us, Tommy. Been great.